Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. I am Dan. We have Hartley here as usual. But today we have, for the first time, a very, very special guest, Mr. Brian Tong. He doesn't need an introduction. Everybody knows who you are. Brian, what's up, very, man? Thank you for the, coming on. You know, I appreciate that's it. A, that, that's high praise. Thanks so much. And, you know, obviously appreciate all that you guys do. You contribute so much to the community and have for years, like for all of us growing up. So uh, the love goes right back to you all. And, you know, obviously stoked to be here. So thanks so much for having me. Brian, I don't know if we've contributed as much as you have over the years. I mean, we I we have, but like it's there's just it such a hand. similar level of importance. I personally haven't contributed as much as you have. You are <laughs> you are an OG, like I you know, every, yeah, you are. So it's it's fantastic, um, and so we're excited to have you on. And we wanted to uh, kind of jump right into some recent news that have you know it's kind of a dead part of the year. Obviously, Vision Pro has taken up so much of our daily lives and content, but we're trying to like move past that a little bit. Um, but before we do that, I do want to get your thoughts on vision pro as you've had it uh, since the moment Apple sent it out to reviewers. Um, it's been a few weeks now, a little bit longer than me. Um, what are your thoughts? Are you still enjoying it? You know, walk us through your experience so far. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is when you hear all the narratives and reviews that are out there, I think one of the words to talk about with the Apple Vision Pro is moderation. I think there's a, maybe a segment of the audience that is saying this is going to take over. They're, they may not have actually used it, but there's there's a voice out there that's saying, why are we doing this? Why are we isolating from ourselves X, Y, and Z? Personally, I jump into it maybe for like half an hour, one hour at the end of the night, play around, have some fun, watch some movies. Sometimes I'll watch some sports, but I'm not the type of user that is wearing this for two hours, three hours, four hours, quite honestly. Um, also, I think that over time, that initial first time you use it, everyone feels the weight of it, but something about our cheeks and our muscles adapt a yes. little, they get a little stronger and over time, it does not feel, I'm not saying it's not heavy, but it does not feel as heavy. I'd say maybe week two, week three into it. It, it is feel more comfortable. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I still think the experience is incredible. This is tech we've never seen before presented this way and we know if we kind of follow the model of how apple has approached the iphone the and i've talked about this in my podcast and stuff the iphone hits us maybe four or five times a year with different software updates a new color wwdc then the actual phone you've got to imagine that that same strategy is going to be in play where this apple vision pro we know it's 1.0 is going to have updates three or four times during the year that bring another kind of buzz around it to keep it relevant. Um, and Apple obviously needs to, so I'm enjoying it, but I'm not the type who's um, I, as tech reviewers, as we all are here, we kind of got to be around this, but even if I didn't, I was not super, I was a little skeptical when I pre-ordered it, but once I got it and once I did my review, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'd be willing to hold on to this for the long term and just see how this plays out. But again, you know, it's not a product that everyone is and should buy right out of the gates. So Brian, do you feel like Vision Pro is kind of fitting in quite well between existing Apple devices that you have, or are you still trying to work out what that looks like for you? See, I think it's just, every time I put it on, I just, you know, I think that the App Store, we need to see the next kind of wave of apps because it does feel like it's a little bit bare. Um, where it fits in, I, I feel like because it's taking up that hour and an hour and a half time slot, I feel like I'm using my iPad a little less. Um, okay. And also with travel, I took it on a plane to travel. And I think that's where this thing for me is going to be huge for travel. I know some people have talked about it, but being on flights and actually using it, I'm just like, damn, this is definitely coming with me on every flight going out to the East coast next week. And I'm definitely taking it with me. So um, I think it really, at least for now has kind of taken a little bit of the time that I used to do on the iPad away. Cause to your point, Hartley, it's not like we only have so many hours in the day, first of all. So where's this sliding in? Or So I would say that's where it is because you really have to tell yourself, I'm using the Vision Pro right now. It's it's not even a pick up and play thing. It's like, I'm putting this thing on my head and I'm yeah. going to allocate this time for it. So it's a little different that way. So two things. One, I have read people on Twitter who, you know, not even like reviewers, but people who are just early adopters who are using it for like six to eight hours a day. And my mind is absolutely blown because I'm like, there is no chance in this world where I can wear it for more than two hours. I think that's the most that I've hit. And I was editing a video and I was like, it was a struggle when I got to the end. And I will say that what you said earlier was 
spot on in the sense that I think our faces and our muscles are getting a little stronger in that area so that it is a little, it is not as jarring. Like when you first put it on after each use, you're kind of like, oh man, all right. And mm-hmm. then you get used to it. You kind of get used to it right away. It's just like, there are longer lasting implications for the longer you wear it. Um, and then the second thing is how did you feel on the plane? Because I'm still feeling a little, I, I have a flight tomorrow, but it's with my family. So I'm not taking it with me. I can't, <laughs> I can't isolate myself from my three kids as much as I might potentially want to, depending on their behavior. Um, so I can't do that, but I, uh, I, I want to know, you know, when I do, you know, eventually get out there for another work trip that will, you know, inevitably have uh what like do you feel self-conscious because i still kind of feel like i'm gonna get a little weird like pulling that thing out especially like sitting way back at the end of the plane i'm sure you brian you're rolling first class no, no, no. i'm hold sitting up, in the back <laughs> first of all i fly coach 99 percent of the time i That's funny enough when i did my first yeah when i first did my first travel i shot a travel mode video but um just really quickly i forgot I didn't, my laptop wasn't updated with Sonoma. And so I actually jumped on a plane and I could not do the feature. So then I jumped on a plane again. I did fly first class on one of those, on those Uh flights just to give me more (laughs) space for that, Uh for that reason. But I haven't posted the video because I had to shoot the actual part of it working with the laptop later. Anyways, to your point about being self-conscious, I've been on the plane. No one really, no one even really stares at you. You know, I think it's. Because I think it's a plane and it's a really more – and no one wants to really be bothered on a plane. I don't yeah. think people really – someone who's a techie might be like, huh, even the stewardess, she's like, oh, is that the new thing? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, cool, and then she just moved on, right? Yeah, so, and that's probably what's going to happen the most. I mean it's a very American attitude of me to be like, people are going to be looking at me like no one ultimately cares. But <laughs> – I mean, I've done it with like less invasive and obvious yeah. products where you have something relatively new that people know about. People will ask me like, oh, like, what do you think? And like, I don't mind answering that. But sometimes, you know, when you're on a plane, you don't want to have that conversation. I feel like it's going to be one of those where people are like, can I try it or can I like see it or what? And I'm too nice to be like, no, you can't. So I just let them. And then there goes half your half your trip where you just want to chill out and watch a movie. So, Dan, that's where first class comes in handy. You don't have to talk uh, to anybody. I'm just <laughs> gonna have to get arnold to jump on the first class situation here (laughs) hey you guys manage the budgets if you need to do it for the purpose of testing hey guys this episode of the mac rumor show is sponsored by notion i've been using notion for a long time and it's also been the driving force for a lot of what i do here at mac rumors and specifically for the podcast show notes podcast episode backlogs scripts for my videos tasks it's all here for me to see in one place with notion Notion combines your notes, docs, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. And you can leverage the power of AI right inside Notion across all your notes and docs without jumping between your work and a separate AI-powered tool. Unlike other specialized tools or legacy suites that have you bouncing between six different applications, Notion is seamlessly integrated, infinitely flexible, and beautifully easy to use. And the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just a few seconds. Save time and write faster by letting Notion AI handle the first draft, jumpstart a brainstorm, or turn your messy notes into something polished. You can even automate tedious tasks like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps. Notion AI does all of this and more and frees you up to do the deep work. Notion is used by over half of Fortune 500 companies, and teams that use Notion send less email, cancel more meetings, save time searching for their work, and reduce spending on tools, which helps keep everyone on the same page. So try Notion for free when you go to Notion.com slash MacRumors. That's all lowercase letters, Notion.com slash MacRumors, to try the powerful, easy-to-use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. That's Notion.com slash MacRumors. Well, before we end on your Vision Pro Pro thoughts, I I have one more question for you. What is your absolute favorite thing? These are going to be two questions. What's your absolute favorite thing that you love doing with it? And what is, not your least favorite, but like what's your like biggest, like, biggest ick of the vision pro that like you put this on you're like this thing bothers me i cannot i hate this specific thing because it bothers me so much it it, it's all related to me i love watching movies on it it's incredible Mm -hmm. watching a movie on a plane you literally feel like there's no one around you you might be in this cramped normal seat you even turn on the environment you legitimately feel like you're that's the first time i felt like i was transported somewhere because normally you know in your home in your living room you have a little more space you don't feel as blocked in um but watching the movies is amazing even though i do have to like take a breather 
You know, I went mm -hmm. on a plane ride. It was about two hours. I took a break. Uh, the biggest ick bugaboo, and this is just the nature of these glasses, is the reflections from the lenses when you're watching movies. So you have this incredible high-fidelity 3D, best 3D experience we've ever had, quite honestly, from a standpoint of the fidelity. Each, uh, you know, each eye getting served a 4K stream. Uh, but in certain scenes when you have a lot of high dynamic range or a dark scene with like something that's really bright, those reflections, you're just like, ah! but um, yeah. yeah, you know, and we'll see how that evolves over time. I mean, we've seen these reflections in VR headsets. It is part of the nature of it. I even asked my friends, I'm like, do you see those reflections because you normally wear glasses? You're like, yeah, welcome to my world. So, ah. you know, that that's something that they've you know people that wear glasses have dealt with but when i see that as someone who's cares about you know i'm i don't want to say i'm a video file file but yeah i want that pure deep yeah. inky oled blacks and when you see the reflection someone you're like you're like oh but you know that i would say that was the biggest thing for me do you get that little like light bleed circle thing that's like right in the is it's that... like a little kind of baby halo once in a while is yeah, that what you're talking yeah, about kind of yeah. yeah 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 exactly exactly okay yeah. yeah and yeah and what's interesting is that if you put yourself in an environment that's bright like yosemite or mm -hmm. what's another brighter one white sands you actually don't see the reflections as much because it's like a bright environment but you know when we watch our movies we like to go dark and so yeah. that's when you really see it so yeah it, it happens I noticed that a lot the other day when I was trying to do something in cinema mode and I'm like, uh, I have to like turn my head a specific way and that helps. And I'm like, oh, that's not the way I'm facing though. Mm -hmm. So it's just strange. Harley, you don't have these issues yet, but in the future, when no. it comes to the UK, you will. That's right. Yeah. He, Harley, can't. he has to just sit there. Can I ask you, how do you feel? How do you feel <laughs> about that? I mean, I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the podcast, but you know, you've seen read everything, but again, the UK doesn't have it yet. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on it based on all the discourse you've seen? Well, I think it kind of changes your experience of uh, this device from the outside a little bit because, mm. of course, we've all got caught up in all of the hype like everyone else, but there's been no follow through. So it's a bit of a strange scenario because I was really caught up in the excitement for it. And I absolutely would have been a day one customer um, if I'd been able to, to get my hands on this device. Mm. Um, but now I'm hearing so much about it from everyone. It's almost like I feel like I understand it so well mm, and all of mm, its little mm. foibles and problems and advantages for all these different scenarios. It makes this buying decision way more complicated because, of course, it's already an expensive device. And I feel like American customers going into that kind of didn't know what to expect. Um, but this kind of changes it um, for the rest of us and the rest of the world because we just have so much to draw on at this point. Um, I'm still going to be I'm still going to be there. I'm still going to going to buy one and try one out when it becomes available. But I think it just, it just changes it a little bit because there's just so yeah. much content out there now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also you, you are really in, in, from your position, you are kind of influenced based on the content you've seen from a standpoint mm -hmm. of you haven't experienced, right. You know, I think one of the first things that I said in my review is before you make a decision, you have to try this on. Right. And no matter yeah. what, I think even from your position, once you try it on that first time, you'll, you'll know what, how it affects you it just does right dan you agree it just oh yeah it 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 there's something it's different it's different but you have it's, to feel that for yourself <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible it's remarkable seeing some of the like like tweets out there people you know i don't know if they're trying to bash it or just raising awareness of like hey i'm at the apple store there's no one near the vision pro section but there's you know tons of people here still so like no one cares about it is like the implication that i get from it and it's weird because on the flip side and it's going to vary depending on when i went in for something completely different and i'm looking at the people going nuts mm -hmm. over vision pro there i saw like a 10 year old kid being like we have to buy one to his mom and i laughed yeah. because they were like they went in they tried it and they were just blown away and i was seeing tons of people trying it so it's mm -hmm. just crazy, like the difference in, I guess, region and area, and maybe just the time and then when in which that person went in, it was just not a thing. But like, I feel like the general public knows way more about it. They obviously aren't looking to buy it right now because it's just so friggin' expensive. But they are definitely interested in trying it. And when that price point comes down to something more manageable, I, I feel like Apple's already got them to where they're like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna buy this now, Hartley. Yeah. You can't test it out, right? They don't even have tests. They're no. just. Uh, okay they sh i feel like they should start getting it in some countries at least yours you know maybe canada and some other places where like it's the next option to go live in 
and like get you guys to like just try it out and demo it and see but i'm sure they'll do that when the official launch is you know scheduled for yeah, you there should be soon yeah it should be fairly soon hey dan cool. can i piggyback on something that you said real quick you can do whatever you want you're the guest no you, no, you no. can run so, the show if you want no no, no i'm not <laughs> this is this is your show i'm gonna have you guys on my uh, show but um the other thing that i wanted when to piggyback on what you said the this whole idea of like people saying aha it's not um people aren't at the store wherever you go it's okay time of day where you're located every time mm-hmm. that i've gone to stores in la the the reservations for demos are packed yeah. also what i found really interesting you talk about a 10 year old boy trying it on the most interesting thing that i found is that i went to two stores on launch day and i there was this gentleman and he was like you know around 45 50 years old and his older dad was with him and i thought that it was the son that was going to try on the vision pro in fact it was the 85 year old dad who wanted to try the Vision Pro on. And and then there was another older gentleman, at least over 70, trying on the Vision Pro. And I'm like, you know, it made me realize, or sometimes we forget how mainstream a brand Apple is to the general consumer, where these are people that have never tried VR before. VR is still really in a young state when you talk about a consumer electronic device. And these are people that don't fit the quote-unquote tech profile that we that you know we're all talking about or being around here. And they're just as curious and excited about that. Um, so I thought that was interesting to see um, actual people of all ages and genders across the range. Uh, basically, I went to three stores within the first weekend, and I was surprised. And people, there were some people that were outright like freaking out, yelling, laughing, just like experiencing that joy stuff. And so it's going to be different for everyone, even if you've seen everything. Um, it it made me realize, okay, you know, Apple can really move the needle even in this space where I think the tech sector has been generally, uh, I'm saying this generally, maybe leans a little more negative towards the Apple Vision Pro where the consumer mm-hmm. space has been extremely positive about yeah. Apple Vision Pro. And I that disconnect was interesting to see here play out in the U.S., um, where I think general consumers, whether they buy it or not, they are floored by it. And the tech space is kind of like, oh, whatever, we've seen this. Oh, it's not that great. So, you know, we're, it tells me that we are a little jaded over here versus what oh. general consumers experience, like super jaded. Um, it, some of the, yeah, some of the takes, I'm just like, you haven't even tried it. And they're already like pooping yeah. on it. I just don't get it. You know, you've got to try something out before you really take hard stances, in my opinion. Dude, it's crazy. You brought that up. So I pull my phone out for those watching being like, why is Dan being so rude? He's not. No, I was just trying to pull up something because I you sparked a memory. I took a screenshot of a comment on my last video for Vision Pro where I explained why, you know, everyone was returning it. And I explained why I'm not returning it mm-hmm. because most importantly, and this person. So he said, I'm so glad I found your video because it was such a great evaluation of Vision Pro. I was ready to return Apple Vision Pro. Because at 87 years old, I find it a little too heavy. That blew my mind. This person is 87 years old, but went on to say that, like, they were able to do things that they weren't able to, like, physically go and do in their lifetime with this headset and, like, experience different environments. And then the point of my video was why I wasn't returning. It was that, like, in the future, like you mentioned, Brian, this is only going to get better. This is the worst version of it right now. And it could get better very quickly. Like by June with Vision of, you know, Vision OS 2.0, it could certainly be better. And so this person said, basically, uh, I'm not, it was a very long time. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but like, yeah. you know, they're going to wait for the future. And they're like, in you know, excited that like, why would I return this now when I can just, you know, and they also went on to mention they're 87. Money is not super tight for them at this point in their lives. They've earned it. Good for them. <laughs> so, like, they don't have to return it if it's not necessarily working out for them right this second. So, if you need to return it because you were like, hey, I maybe made a poor purchase on my end where I was spending a little too much and I was hoping that I'd use it all the time. I'm just not. I kind of want that money back. Totally understandable. But if you're somebody out there who, like, can hold on to it for a little bit, do that. Because that was the point of our videos. We're just like... You don't need to do that right now. And you can, if you can wait for the future, it's only going to get better. And if this 87-year-old person is telling us how great it is for certain things and, and like, they've never experienced something this, like this in their lifetime, like, that's, that's wild to me. Like, my kids are going to be so spoiled that they can do something like this and be like, oh, yeah, I've been to that location in my Vision Pro. And it feels like I've been there. And, like, that's just that's wild to me. I also haven't let my kids try it out, by the way. Maybe I'm just being a bad dad or a good dad. I don't know. They're too little for that. How old are they, little. Dan? Seven, five, and two. So obviously yeah, the two year olds I mean, the two year olds out. 
five-year-old's borderline. Seven-year-old could try it, but I just, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't need to. He, you don't want him to touch that $3,500 minimum product and just throw yeah. it around like a bad No, you don't want that. <laughs> no. No, they always also look at me like I've done it before while they were like watching TV and I'm like, all right, well, I can't use the TV. Maybe I'll put this on and try. And they have all looked at me and been like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you look like such a dork right now. And I'm like, yep, I know. I am well aware. But um, hey. Hart oh, yeah, Hartley, this question is related to what Dan and I were talking about. And I'm curious what your take was because, um, you know, I I'm never a defender of tech companies but i did feel the coverage was really interesting when we talk about the returns i mean the original people return their products all right i'd at least like to see numbers behind some level of numbers behind it before we say people are returning their apple vision pros in droves because the original mm -hmm. source article i'll call it out from the verge it literally took like three social media posts and said everyone is returning their apple vision pro and i'm just like that's a little irresponsible and to me to, to throw out that and then and then quite honestly it caught on like wildfire it wasn't yeah. like 85 percent of people are returning the vision pro it was one of their editors and then they used two other examples and i just thought you know maybe it's me the old school journalist being like can, can we come up with something more factual than just saying you're using three tweets as our background for the basis of this article i i don't know how you feel about if the whole return narrative changed how you felt about it and also what did you think about that because i was kind of surprised by it i think that it it's interesting because i think it's a lot of inference going on there because by some measures it would make sense that vision pro has a higher return rate because who knows uh if you're willing to kind of take on that sort of device i mean some people uh even their prescriptions can't be accepted for it and if that's the case you know, that's out. Maybe you, you're yeah. unfortunate and you don't have vision in one eye or there are reasons that this product maybe is ruled out for you in a way that it perhaps isn't for other devices like the Apple Watch or the iPhone. So maybe we would expect this to have a slightly higher return rate than normal. But then what you have to remember is at this price point, they're not selling as many, anywhere near as many mm -hmm. anyway. So if you're going by unit or by proportion, all of this stuff varies. Um, and... I think that also it's a little bit harsh to do that for a first generation product like this, um, especially one that feels a little bit more first generation than something like the original iPad or the original iPhone, because this device is just so different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, it has really, I, I know it's built off iPad OS, but it's, it's really from scratch here um, in a way that I'm not sure we have seen with another Apple device for really quite a long time. So it's a bit premature to say, I think that, probably there is a grain of truth that maybe more people on average return a Vision Pro than return something like a brand new iPhone when it comes out every year. But yeah. is there enough evidence to support that? No, that is just an assumption. That is just me right. guessing based on the nature of the Apple device. will never tell us either, so it doesn't sure. matter. Um, sure. We can just go off of the loud social media posts and then just assume that whatever number you see, like, it's probably one third of that. So don't even, don't, <laughs> let's not even worry about if that. that. If that, Dan, honestly, if right. that. Yeah. It's important as well for Apple to really get feedback from those returns as well. Because if someone does go back to Apple and say, I, I bought this device, I was happy to spend $3,500 on this device, but I just could not keep it. That's really interesting for Apple because it's not someone just mm -hmm. dismissing it out of hand. That's someone that was enthusiastic enough um, mm -hmm. to buy it and then has for some reason felt forced to return it. So I'm sure that Apple is listening very carefully to that feedback um, because I'm sure that those are people not really that happy about the fact that they've actually got to return it. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully that provides Apple with some good feedback to be able to work on the sec second generation of this device. Yeah, well, it's been I mean, 20... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to move us on. So if you've got any final uh, final Vision Pro thoughts... Now's your chance. You know what? I, I think that, funny enough, when you started talking about the in the introduction, like, we'll talk a little bit about Vision Pro. I know. That's why like, I was going to move like, us last so, for 23 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on because I feel like I did, like, eight or nine Vision Pro videos in a row only because I was covering it. And people start saying, like, are we going to get any other videos? I'm like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Let's, let's I just, like, I swore we weren't going to talk about it for so long. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, my God, it's 23 minutes. We have other it, things to talk about. It's hard not to talk about.
take it. I'll put chapters for. I will remember to put chapters for this one. So please, hopefully, <laughs> you've taken advantage of that if you didn't want to hear any more Vision Pro talk. But Brian, we never got to talk to Brian about Vision Pro. I feel like from True. now on, every guest we have on that's had a Vision Pro, we have to do twenty minutes on it. I got to hear everybody's take. Yeah. But anyway, until you've heard we, all the takes. Exactly. But anyways, we've had more uh, interesting things happen over the last few days. Just yesterday, actually. Apple Sports is a thing. And I don't know, maybe Hartley, he's more fine-tuned, like really dialed in with all of the rumors and leaks and things. Um, obviously, I should be at Mac Rumors, but I'm in a video bubble, so it's just, it's not as much. So Hartley, did you know that this was going to happen? Because I woke up and I saw and I'm like, what the hell? Like, why do we have a sports app? No, there was uh, no prior <laughs> indication of this. But okay. I mean, <laughs> only only in the sense that there was all that sort of integration with Apple News last year, yeah. where it, it, this kind of stuff was kind of already there. Like we've heard about live activities for sports and uh, having this integration where you can kind of jump into the uh, Apple TV app and the kind of the stuff's been there, but it's not been connected together in its own app. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was a little bit random, but it wouldn't have really surprised anyone if you would have told them, you know, a couple of weeks ago that this was something that was in the works. Brian, have you had a chance to mess around with it yet? Yeah, I, I mean, I was only not surprised because Apple had me come out to their LA office to check it out last week. Oh, Brian, <laughs> what the hell, what? man? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't say anything. I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, but you know, look at is, you. But look at you. No, no, I know. But um, no, it was, it was a, you know, I think the app itself is very simple it's very straightforward but it's actually missing kind of some key things that i've got to imagine they know about and that they're going to plug in but from a standpoint of just quick access to information without ads because we've seen some other like sports mm -hmm. score type apps but they're like inundated with ads um and also yes it's integrated into the os a little better but i think needs to level up and we can talk about that as well i think it's just a simple clean quick, fun, easy access in it because it's Apple. Everyone who has an Apple device is definitely going to download it and they're going to start playing with it. And uh, I, I I mean, if do we want to dive into the app a little bit more or what? Or Oh, I, yeah, I mean, 100%. First, yeah. Well, I think there's two things that stick out of my mind. I thought it was really interesting that Apple, right? So the way it's laid uh -huh. out, right, you have the score. And depending on the type of sport, like if it's, if it's football, don't want to say soccer here. If it's mm -hmm. football, you know, you'll see the minute and where the goal was scored. But with different types of sports, it's going to sh show up kind of that relevant information differently. But sports betting odds is like the second thing you see oh, yeah. in Very this prominent. app. What I thought was kind of funny is when they released the app here in the U.S., there's not many sports going on right now. So the NBA was shut down for NBA All-Star Game. Horrible um, there time. One, there was one major league soccer game, which was uh, Messi versus Salt Lake. That was the only game, honestly, going on, period. So, you know, I was going to put it out, like, my first look, but there was no games to show it really in action. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I made the mistake of going into it totally blind. And as I'm doing the video, I get it popped up. I'm like, all right, I'm all set up. I'm in the U.S., so I'm a Major League Baseball fan, a basketball fan, and a football fan. And here's three issues. One, Major League Baseball hasn't started yet. Two, the NBA has been on a break, so there are zero games. And three, the NFL isn't even in the freaking app. So, I mean, and, and the league's over with right now. It just ended. We just had the Super Bowl. So, like, none of my interests were there. And I'm like, okay, well, this is boring. There's nothing in it. But I do obviously have the, um, thankfully, the foresight to look ahead and also yeah, look yeah. at other leagues that are going on and look at, oh, okay, so this is how the app works. This is what you get. You get play-by-play. -play, you get statistics. You get the lineup for, uh, you know, I'll offend Hartley for soccer. Uh, <laughs> you, get, you, get the, you, you get the lineup for soccer. And uh, we don't have football in the app. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, so, uh, you know, what I want to see happen, though, obviously, I think the NFL is coming, right? That That is like, yeah, they, they said it is coming. They've said it is. Yeah, coming. and it, that's fine. We don't, it, the, the, the year just ended. We don't need it right now. But like, what I want to see done to this app are a couple of things. Um, and I couldn't even test this. I think you, you can do this. Um, but at the time, at 10 a.m. yesterday, when I was testing this out, there were nothing, there was nothing going on. So I couldn't see exactly how well it links to streaming apps that those games are um, yeah. happening. But that is a thing, right? That's what I saw in yes. the press release. It should take you to those. Okay, that's fine. That's great. 
Um, I want to see play by not play by play, but uh, recaps or highlights. Um, even after the game's done or while the um, you know game is going on, if you get like big play highlights, that would be awesome. And then uh, I want news for the teams that you follow. Like they integrated it into the news app mm-hmm. for that reason, along with other things. Bring that over. Bring everything that you were doing there. Bring it over and add those in. I think it's the perfect app because, like you said. There are no ads. It's a clean experience, and that's awesome. This episode of the Mac Rumor Show is also sponsored by Incogni. The U.S. has a big data privacy issue that you might not be aware of, and that's people search sites. These websites create detailed personal profiles on millions of Americans and publish them online for anyone to see with a simple Google search. People search can be abused by those with bad intentions. Incogni puts an end to this problem in just three easy steps. Simply create an account, grant Incogni the right to work for you, and then they will contact data brokers on your behalf and request the information to be removed. And all you need to do is step three, which is just kick back and watch them work their magic with progress updates on how things are going along the way. I've heard some pretty crazy stories about how people will use people search websites for malicious intent, like a road rage incident gone bad where someone looked up a license plate number on a people search website that included all of the personal data and the person went to go and find them. This can easily happen to you. Incogni, removing your data can also help cut down on those terrible robocalls since data brokers are mostly the ones selling your personal phone numbers to these companies that have those call lists. So take back your personal info and check out Incogni today. Use code THEMACRUMORS in the link in the description to get an exclusive 60% off an annual Incogni plan. Thanks, Incogni, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, Harley, um, have you played with the app? I mean, I have my own thoughts as well, but what do you think about it so far? I think it's a really nice little app. Um, and I was kind of surprised at some of the, a little bit of the negative reaction I saw to it. People saying, oh, that it's not a very feature-rich experience or those sorts of criticisms. And I was thinking, but really, this is just kind of like the stocks app, but for sports. It's giving you that link to the news app. It's just giving you information at a glance. And it's fast, which is really what matters because so many existing apps for tracking sports scores, they are so slow and they provide really variable experiences. So to be able to track multiple sports in one place, just super convenient, easy experience. Um, And I'm just sort of interested to see how this develops because there's still a little bit of functionality currently missing. Um, But... I guess that's why they've released it at a time when there's not a whole lot going on. So that by the time maybe we get around to iOS 18, maybe this will be built in because I do find it's a little bit weird that this is an installable app. This doesn't come with it when this seems like way more of an essential app than something like Freeform or the journal app, but those are default apps. So maybe this is kind of what will happen. That will be a default in iOS 18. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think some of the things that I found in there, um, I don't know how much you've played with navigation, but like my brain, the la- the apps laid out with you can see yesterday's games, today's games, and upcoming. And I naturally thought I could swipe left or right between the days just to see the stuff, but you can't. So I think even I don't know if they're saving that swipe gesture for something specific to games or not, but even just playing with the app and going, oh, I want to see today, I want to see what's upcoming, and just swipe left or right. You can't do that. I feel like that kind of would make sense from a logical standpoint because my brain did it and it didn't work. Um, the other thing is plugging in specific games and having quick access to just make it a live activity. I think that's, you know, we haven't had um, games to show that, but what I saw in the demo um, that they showed me first and then checking it out during the messy game, there's no way to like, even if we have a bunch of games, if I want to pin one to be a live activity and see that score real time, I think that would be great. Right. Um, it comes kind of becomes that prominent uh, game up top. And then, uh, when you talk about the real-time stuff, Hartley, what was cool is that we haven't seen it yet because there aren't enough games going on. But when I saw the demo because there were games happening, the betting odds actually change real-time throughout the game. Nice. So first <clears throat> quarter to fourth quarter, you know, you got people that are junkies that really want to get that in. Um, you can see those betting odds real-time. And they they said that one of their priorities was to make it as, you know, as instant score updates as possible, which... It's a good thing, but it can also be tough because I think if you watch sports and you're on your streaming sports these days, the timing of it oh, is yeah. totally different. I get games spoiled on my notification while I'm watching the Warriors game. And so I actually turn my phone on do not disturb during those games just so I don't get things spoiled anymore. Um, so I think the whole timing thing is always going to be tricky. But overall, uh, I think it's, it's a clean little app and I think it's going to have a lot of use uh, for me. 
for you fantasy football just, degenerates out there, uh, the sleeper app is so fast with, uh, with notifications on who scores. Um, when I'm watching a game, I have to turn that off because I'm like, well, something <laughs> happened. Uh, I'm going to see what's going to go on here, but it's the worst. <laughs> go ahead, Hartley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I just had one last little thought about this app um, because maybe for some people that are not super interested in sports, they may be wondering what to take away from this. Um, and the thing that I would take away is that the design of this app seems really quite different to almost any yeah. other app we've seen from Apple. It has the most in common with the TV app, but it does feel quite different with the shape of the buttons and the way that you've got this kind of translucency running through the app. It feels like a very different experience. And I wonder if this is our first kind of hint of what we're going to get with um, design language going forward. Um, I think that the TV app provided us with that little hint, first of all, and maybe Vision OS after that, because um, mm -hmm. it kind of has something in common with that new sidebar that we now have in the TV app. I feel like this sports app really cements that new aesthetic. Um, and I'm really interested to see if that's right, um, because this does feel like a departure. So if that's not something that really has leapt out to you, if you're not super into sports, but you're really interested to see what we might be getting from Apple's mm. design language going forward, definitely download this app and try it out because I'm pretty confident this is the direction we're now going in. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point. I really hope not. Only for one reason. <laughs> Only for one reason. I actually really like I actually really like the design. But did you notice that you can't swipe back? That functionality is not there. Yeah. You have to reach your thumb all the way. Like if you open up a game and go into a, a menu, you have to reach your thumb all the way up to that top left corner and hit that X. And that is horrific on a iPhone 15 Pro Max. And so there needs to be. <laughs> and when you're when you're swiping down, like you're scrolling down, you should when you get to the bottom or the top, however you want to, you should be, then be able to pull that card down. You have to take your thumb, touch that little ledge at the top, and bring it down. Horrible. So those are my only notes, Apple, is like everything looks fine, but you need to bring back the functionality to make it more one-handable. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my mind if everything turns into that. But that's, that's, I think that's doable. I think they can figure that out. Dan, these are clearly hints that the Mini is coming back. Ooh, that would be... <laughs> man, if we can get the Mini Pro, I like wish. we've talked about 6,000 times uh, on this show. When, when are they going to do... Honestly, can they do that I already? Never... I I would never buy it, but it would be the, the phone that I would want. Okay, but I would never this is, use this is what's I'm... disturbing. This is what's <laughs> disturbing, though. You know how we're really mature in the phone game? I'm not saying everyone would do this, but I could absolutely see myself, if they did a Mini Pro, actually buying a Mini when I go out, like, so I don't have to bring a big ass phone sometimes. Like, yep. you know, absolutely. Like, they're like traveling. I think we're at a point. Yeah. So I think we're at a point where people have are so used to just a single phone, but I'm not saying they're trying to upsell us, but I could see myself actually now saying I would buy a mini if it was a mini pro for mm -hmm. specific use cases, change the eSIM card, just shoot it right to my mini when I go out and boom. So I think there's something there. But we'll see. No, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I think that I think that Apple kind of misread the room a little bit when they introduced the iPhone 12 mini. I think that they thought that the interest in a mini sized device was from the entry level. But the reality is all the people in the tech community that were calling for one were pro device users. And the people that are now upset about the lack of a mini almost entirely are users of pro devices like me. I would count myself among them. I would be. Uh, a day one customer for uh, a pro mini device. Absolutely. It would be my device a hundred percent of the time. So it's kind of a shame because I think that's, that's where it should have been, but I feel like the moment has passed now. I don't know if we're ever going to get this. I feel like it's our fault. I think, you know what? It's our fault because we probably needed to do this specific thing, buy a small phone, mini device, then when you want your bigger screen at home, you use your iPad. And I think we don't do that because at least in America, we're too lazy to get up and go get the iPad. And so if we're on the couch, we want whatever is the biggest device that can fit in our pockets that we could take at all times. But I'm sitting here thinking like, man, it would be great if I just had a, a mini phone. And then when I wanted that extra screen real estate, I could have done this. I could have just had the iPad with us at the house. And that's when you want to like lay down and watch a video or something. And like, we just didn't do that. So the, the mini sales suffered and then everybody else suffered who wanted the mini, but also but see, like, here's a you know, had the worst cameras and stuff. So <laughs> the, exactly. I was going to say if to yeah. our point, 
if the mini pro and we only reason why we call it pro is because we want the pro camera on it right mm -hmm. do i i don't i don't even care if it has 120 hertz refresh rate on it quite honestly that that doesn't matter to me on a mini give me a, give me the camera the best camera possible on a mini call it pro call the day and i would buy that phone like i would absolutely buy that phone so this is all yeah. this is all anecdotal evidence for Apple to look into when they watch they watch this because they do watch a lot of videos. I'm just being real with you. Oh, oh, do I They're know? Trust me. <laughs> They're always <laughs> They're, watching. <laughs> They're certainly they are certainly watching. I uh, yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know that I, I wish that it would happen one day, but I think we're all just going to have to let it go. But um, all right. Along with the new sports app, we also got, I, I mean, I'm just going to be quite honest with you. I don't know how much time we can spend on this because I, I have <laughs> zero idea what any of this means. I'm reading, okay, Apple announced a new post-quantum cryptographic protocol for iMessage called PQ3. And Apple says that this is groundbreaking and state-of-the-art. A uh, protocol that provides extensive defenses against even highly sophisticated. I'm reading the article because I I could not tell you what any of this means. Um, Hartley, do you think you can? And could you explain it to me like I'm five? If you can, please, that would be great. Well, I will try. Um, so, <laughs> what Apple is supporting here is uh, it's effectively future proofing. Um, right now, it's not that useful because. Uh, there are not quantum computers capable of cracking iMessages encryption. Um, okay. But the idea with this is that in putting support for this protocol in now, the day that quantum computers are able to break iMessages encryption, as it stands today, um, it will not be able to do so. So it's circumventing um, when computers wow. will eventually be powerful enough to break that encryption. Um, and this really brings iMessage in line with um, a lot of uh, security-focused messaging platforms like Signal. Um, so it's really nice to see. Um, it's just cool. not something that is necessarily <laughs> useful now, but that's kind of the point. You want the support before the encryption is broken, yeah. not after. Well, I, w I, I think that, you know, I was worried because I've seen um, Ant-Man Quantumania and I feel like the, the the technology in that movie could indicate why I would not want someone like Kang the Conqueror to potentially have access to my uh, iMessage. So quantum protection is good. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I need to see that movie. I like Paul Rudd, but I have not seen those. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a little, I don't know. I see it on a plane, okay? Sorry, Marvel. Okay. Okay. Good Vision Pro. Good, a good, good plane movie, Vision Pro. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say that. That was yeah in three D. It would look good in three D. Okay. Um. All right. And then our last piece of news that came out this week. Um. And this is again going to be kind of like I don't know. This is kind of for a small subset of people, but it's kind of showing us where we're headed. Um. The fourth beta of seventeen point four uh gives a new CarPlay feature, which basically allows for maps to be displayed in the instrument cluster. Now this is kind of been something that existed with other vehicles right now is this just making it easier for all vehicles to take advantage of it or is it a different uh like a different feature based off of that because hartley didn't a few like bmw volvo didn't they start doing that where the maps could be displayed in the instrument cluster not that's separate from the actual infotainment display for those who are wondering what i'm talking about right so this feature is not different to that this is uh an amendment to that feature as it currently stands. So those vehicles that already show Apple Maps in the instrument cluster receive this little change. And it's quite a significant little change because it provides you with those turn-by-turn -turn directions in the instrument cluster. So what you would see before if you had like a Polestar 2 or a BMW i4 and you were running Apple Maps through CarPlay is you'd see your navigation information with your uh, your little blue dot moving along the map and you would get like an ETA to your arrival and how many miles. But if you were on the freeway, as I guess you would call it, I would call it a motorway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't, you we certainly don't lane. call it that. <laughs> no, um, but you wouldn't know what lane to go in if you were just looking at your instrument cluster and you would not know a turn-by-turn -turn directions. You would have to glance at the other display. Mm -hmm. But now Apple is letting you configure whether you want um, which, which piece of information you would like to have, whether you want that ETA information or whether you want turn-by-turn -turn directions. So this is something that 
users of those vehicles have complained about. Um, I know because I've been looking at some of these vehicles for myself lately because I really want to buy a car that has that CarPlay experience because uh, I can't wait for the uh, the next generation CarPlay experience. So I've kind of got to go with what there is right now. And when I look on Reddit, this is something that people have complained about um, with these vehicles. Um, and you know, more and more vehicles are supporting this right now. It's important to remember that we don't know really how many cars are going to support this next generation CarPlay experience or how soon that's going to, to be or how long that will take. So right now, this is the best that a lot of us are going to get. Um, and if you don't have a vehicle that does this right now, probably the next vehicle you get probably will. So this is a nice little feature to have. Uh, it's kind of a bit strange it wasn't there already. Yeah, I mean, having the have I I did buy a recent new car. Um, it does not actually support CarPlay, which kind of like I what want. What you like, get? I, I have a Rivian. Oh, so R1T. jealous! I knew you. Were, I knew you were gonna say that. I just had an idea. It's the first truck I've ever owned, and it's incredible. And it's the first, actually, guys. It's the first oh. EV I've ever owned. I've been rolling oh. with my 2009 Nissan 370Z, connecting my audio through like a literally the physical audio jack because it's the best audio. Millimeter but gang. Never, but never <laughs> had CarPlay on my own car. Always would experience it on other cars, but with the Rivian, that instrument display, right where you're behind your steering wheel does show the turns and that yeah. was you know i never i didn't realize how much i took it for granted not having it but now that i have it i barely even look on that you know that that main big display you just focus on the road take a little peek there you see it all and so it's it it makes a huge difference just from you know i know we're saying oh turn your head a little but just from being distracted um and just mm -hmm. having it right there it, it makes a big difference in the driving experience so having this on carplay uh that so, I mean, I'm not saying it's a killer feature, but it is kind of a killer feature. The other thing mm -hmm. with uh, with CarPlay that is worth pointing out, I feel like when there was this new next generation CarPlay experience announced, a lot of people thought that that was that was the only way to get CarPlay on multiple displays um, and to really take advantage of CarPlay in these new ways. And I really like the look of that experience. I can't wait to try it, but. It's, it's worth pointing out that actually Apple supports so many uh, CarPlay features right now um, and does support CarPlay in the instrument cluster as well as on another display and supports loads of different implementations of this. And it's really just down to automakers. It's not actually that Apple has not made this stuff available. Um, so if you want that sort of CarPlay experience right now with Apple CarPlay showing across, so say you buy a, a BMW, you get that across this very long, very wide display. Um, it's actually two curved displays that's standard now in pretty much all of their vehicles. Um, and you get this great CarPlay experience. That's now. You don't need to wait for the next generation experience. The next generation experience will provide you with things like the ability to pin widgets and kind of change the look of the instrument cluster. But this is pretty good what we already have right now. I and want that though. And you know what you might want if you can wait till 2028? Isn't that like the rumored deadline date of when apple has to put out their apple car project project titan whenever if we actually even see it or not but i i, I mean from the last time i had heard i believe it was 2028 where that was the target date that the board gave them to put out something i uh, 28 dan <laughs> it better come out because i have a i have a bet with a friend that something something needs to come out so that's it. That's all I'll say. The bet was he said there's no way in hell Apple will ever make a car. And I'm like, no, dude, there well, are ever. rumors that they're, do that they're doing it, like ever. He just says they're going to make and supply things for vehicles, which he's not wrong. They, they are, are doing that yeah. with CarPlay. Um, but like, I'm like, no, they're doing it. They're building a car with someone, you know, Honda, Hyundai, whatever the, the rumor was. I think it was Honda. Kia or Anyways. Hyundai at the time. Hyundai and yeah. Kia were like well, the two people. Both the were same the company. Fold. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, I'm like, that's gonna happen, and so now I, I really need Apple to. I don't care if nobody buys it; just put it out there, please, so that I don't <laughs> lose this bet. Because, um, you know, I just I, I, I need I, to be right on this. <laughs> I would say this. Obviously, I'm not gonna be in the market for a car anytime soon. But even if Apple put out an Apple car, I I, I don't think I'd be like running to try it out. Like meaning running to have to get it. Like feeling FOMO yeah. that I didn't get sure. the Apple car. I just think in the car industry, I'll talk to you in four years. Well, you can talk to me in four <laughs> years, but we've seen what Tesla has done. We've seen now what other actual car manufacturers that make cars and the design and the interior and the quality. Now that, yeah, it took them a few years to catch up. I mean, there's just some, uh, there's so many amazing cars out there. 
I just mm-hmm. how 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 about how about this? We've said this before. How much better would it be where you'd be like, I already have a car. I need to get an Apple car. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're, you're how right. often do we buy a car? Every ten plus years. Well, most people, unless you're like me, who's a notorious leaser. Um, oh, then it's every okay. then it's That's every different. three years. And speaking of uh, Brian, you probably don't know this, but some might. I am. This is the year I need to get a new car. My lease is up, and uh, I have been heavy in the YouTube videos for cars. And just I'm like a free agent. I'm looking at anything and everything right now. I have a Model Three, um, but I'm like I want CarPlay. Do I want CarPlay? Like if I didn't go, get a car that like the next car either has to have CarPlay. Or it's got to be either another Tesla or a Rivian. Those are the only mm-hmm. two like manufacturers that I'd get that doesn't support CarPlay where I'd say that's acceptable. Um, otherwise, yeah. you know, I actually, that's not true because I've been looking at uh, like the Polestar that has the Google operating system. Kind of like that. But also some of those, I believe, support CarPlay as well. So it's like you get they both do. options. Yeah. So that's yeah. nice. But like, I don't know. I don't. I kind of want this now. I want the, like, I'm not going to be able to wait for the next generation because I think it's just not going to happen uh, in time. So I can't get the the widgets and all of that. So this is like the next best option. So I'm happy to see it. Also, the Lincoln Nautilus for this year has like a very similar, like they have a 49-inch wraparound in the front dash Dude. screen. And you can do widgets and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't need this, but I want it. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it looks cool. And it's not a hundred thousand dollars for your car. It's like a it's like a fifty to sixty thousand dollar yep. SUV. That's that's in line with most SUVs. So like Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. <laughs> Harley's like Brian I don't just, even care about your car's like no he, Dan, he's I don't even heard care me about complain. your issues. Get he's over it. About it's, this. it's not the first time I've heard these complaints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His I have face two things. Stayed the same the entire time you were talking just now. <laughs> Well, I I don't know if it's he's just disgusted by having to hear this again, or if he's frozen due to our technical difficulties that happen on a regular basis. So I've just learned to ignore Hartley's facial expressions, his resting bee face he's giving me right now. But uh, no, I mean, like, I got to figure this out and I don't know what to do. So this just adds more fuel to the fire. So thanks, Apple, for uh, offering this, you know, feature to more vehicles and giving more customization options and making my life even more difficult. Uh, if Lucid in uh, Rivian and anyone else who makes a car, that would be intriguing for me. You're listening and you want to hook me up with something. That'd be great. Um, wait, wait, hook, hook up, like mean hook up for review or hook up, hook up. What are you, what are you trying to throw out here? No, I've already reviewed. I've already checked out the, the Lucid, you know, I, help <laughs> me out, help me out for long term. Give me a two year lease. Or something, and I'll uh, I'll make content every day. I don't care. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's it. That's enough for this episode. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, everybody knows where to find you, but if you'd like to promote anything specific, this is your chance, and we'd love to hear it. I mean, you know, if you find me on uh, the YouTubes, just Brian Tong on Twitter. It's Brian Tong, and on Instagram, it's Nostra Tongus. That one's a little harder. But... <laughs> oh, I love it. That one's that yeah. one's cool. Yeah um awesome man thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it no it was fun guys thanks a lot